Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Isadora Martinez. Isa is the Community Cats Outreach Manager for the ASPCA, where she's responsible for delivering monthly TNRM, Trap Neuter Release Monitor, certification workshops to community cat caretakers in managing colonies in New York City. Isa also serves as the primary point person for referrals from the NYPD concerning feral cat issues. Isa developed the Building Shelters for Community Cats workshop with the NYPD Explorers, a program that provides youth with an introduction to careers in law enforcement to teach them about the benefits of TNRM and engage them with opportunities to help animals within their communities. Issa received her TNRM certification five years ago and has been caring for several community cat colonies in the South Bronx in her spare time. Her love and dedication for outdoor cats has driven her to provide TNRM guidance and support to a network of volunteer cat colony caretakers in the South Bronx. Issa began her career at the ASPCA in 2011 as an animal care technician at the ASPCA's Adoption Center. In 2014, Issa was promoted to Community Advocate in Community Medicine, and in 2017, she transferred to Community Engagement as a coordinator. In both roles, Issa focused on helping community members in areas of New York City lacking access to services by connecting them with free pet wellness and support services. Her passion for helping people and her expertise in strategic grassroots outreach has enabled her to build constructive partnerships with high-priority social service agencies and community-based organizations on behalf of the ASPCA. Isa is one of the fluent Spanish speakers on the ASPCA community engagement team and is highly skilled at community organizing and event planning. A lifelong New York City resident, she received her B.S. in liberal arts with a concentration in legal studies from the State University of New York at Purchase College. Issa currently lives in the South Bronx with her significant other, four rescue cats, and her fluffy mutt named Gustavo. Issa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Wow, what an incredible show you have here. I'm just so thrilled to talk with you today. But first, let's find out from you, how did you develop a passion for cats and community cats especially? So ironically, when I first started working at the ASPCA, I didn't have any professional experience working with felines. It wasn't until I moved to the South Bronx in 2012 that it was the first time I was living in a neighborhood that had community cats. The concept was completely foreign to me, and after witnessing firsthand the perils that community cats endure living outside, I decided I was going to get involved and help them in the best way that I could, and that was by trap, neuter, return, and monitoring them. You have TNRM. Was that something that came to you on your own? How did that TNRM terminology come about? I've also heard TNR with an M for management. You know, I've heard different acronyms in the back end, and then there's also TNVR with that vaccinate component in there too. So how did the whole monitor thought, because that's a new one for me. Yeah, trap, neuter, return, and monitor, there's so many different variations, but basically it refers to the ongoing care that the caretakers provide for these colonies. 
trap, neuter, return, and monitor does not end at the trap and the neuter or returning the cats to the outdoor habitat. They require daily feedings, and of course, they're always community cats that need spay-neuter, so you need to monitor them for newcomers that are intact and need services. So there are many different names to this whole process, but monitor is a new one that I've heard, so it seems like that must be specific to New York unless you are aware of other parts of the country using it. So that's very cool. So in your role, you're running a lot of training sessions, certification workshops. Can you tell me a little bit about what those are all about? Absolutely. The ASPCA is one of the three main organizations in New York City that facilitate TNRM workshops for free for the public. And it's a very basic three-hour workshop that introduces the concept of community cats and the best and most humane method of managing those colonies, which is TNR. These services in New York City, so the workshop accredits volunteers and caretakers to receive free services at the ASPCA's stationary spay-neuter clinics. We have two of them, and this is where the the cats can receive spay-neuter, vaccinations for free, and ear tipping. Does the ASPCA still have mobile clinics, or is it primarily doing most of their spay-neuter services at the stationary clinics? We do, yes. So through our community medicine program, the ASPCA has mobile clinics. There are two different types. Primary pet care, which offers free basic veterinary care to specific New Yorkers, East New York, and residents of the South Bronx that do not require any spay-neuter surgeries. There are also the spay-neuter clinics that go to each of the five boroughs, and folks that are on public assistance can receive free to low-cost spay-neuter services, vaccinations, nail trimming, flea and tick preventative, and microchipping for their pet for free. Those are incredible programs. I mean, I understand New York City is a big city and everything, but the amount of available services to me just sounds phenomenal. I'm familiar with a lot of the goings-on in Massachusetts and in the Boston area. Not that Boston is comparable to New York, but it's still it's a city, and there are some opportunities out there, but I don't think it's anything like what New York City has had offered to them. Since your experiences from 2011 to now, have you seen things change for community cats or does it feel like it's still the same and you're still doing the same thing every day? That's a really tough question. I think as a rescuer, it feels like the work never ends. (laughs) I I think I hear that quite a bit from everybody. I think from an organizational level, the ASPCA has definitely become more involved in helping community cats. My role is new, and it's part of this initiative of providing more services. As we discussed before, the ASPCA has mobile clinics that provide free veterinary care to owned animals, and that's all due to our philosophy that we need to make vet care accessible to pet owners. With the primary pet care clinics, all the services are preventative. We want to make sure that pets stay in the home, and the same applies for community cats. Our two high-volume, high-quality spay-neuter clinics in New York City The main goal is to offer the free service to rescuers. In addition, the ACCA also offers free transport services and a trap bank where certified rescuers can borrow traps and equipment for their respective TNR projects. In terms of transport, we have two different types. There are central locations and private transports that rescuers can coordinate. 
central locations. They happen once every day from Tuesday through Saturday. We try to hit every borough at least once a week. And we have these specific locations in each borough where rescuers meet our transportation staff. They drop off the cats in their traps at 7 a.m. Our ASPCA staff then transport the cats to the clinic. They receive the spay-neuter services, microchipping, vaccinations, and the ear tipping, and are then returned that afternoon, or if it's a two-day transport, they are returned to the location for the rescuers and caretakers to receive them the next morning. That's incredible. So in terms of a situation like you're supervising some cat colony caretakers in South Bronx, so there's a variety of colonies that you're aware of and say they need, you know, to trap a litter of kittens or whatever, then it's relatively easily coordinated once a week, they have an opportunity to get those cats or kittens and get them access to spay-neuter services. Absolutely. And in terms of our private transports, for folks that are trapping or doing a mass trapping project and have a large population of cats or are facing the barrier of not being able to transport the cats to the clinic in Glendale, Queens, which is actually pretty common, especially in New York City, where public transportation is the main mode of commuting. We want to make sure that our clinic services are still accessible. So we can have the private transports are booked usually two months in advance, and caretakers can have our trucks or our transport vehicles, meet them outside their home or wherever the colony site is located, and picked up, transported to the clinic, and then back. Do you feel that this is taken advantage of fully or do you feel like there's more opportunity to get the word out? I think there's always more opportunity to get the word out. I mean, (laughs) from my experience of trapping in the South Bronx, I know that we call them community cats because they live in our communities and for the most part, they're taken care of by people in our communities. And there are a lot of people that are already doing the work, but just aren't certified or may be misinformed or may not know about TNR or that it's even a thing. So in my role as a community advocate, I worked with a lot of pet owners that were feeders and weren't aware that trapping a cat humanely was even existed or even an option. So that's part of that strategic grassroots outreach that you are comfortable with doing, getting involved with other nonprofit organizations in the community to help with outreach. Are there other like social service agencies that you've developed partnerships with? Yes, that relates more to our casework in our community engagement team. So a big component of our work is working with pet owners, and we have something called welfare improvement cases where we offer free veterinary services, wellness days where we bring medical clinics to a person's home if they have a large population of animals, and we provide these resources and these services to help keep pets in the home. In doing this work over the years, we realize we need to help the people in order to help the animals. And so providing social services is a huge component in making sure that the animals stay in the home and that we can provide assistance with long-term pet retention. Yeah, it makes total sense. It's really, it sounds like a wonderful program because I feel like over time, our animal sheltering mindset will be broken down and that we're going to become a component of social services, really. And that's where we should fit in there because 
our animals are as important as other family members. And so we should all fall under that same umbrella. So I think that's a really fantastic idea. And hopefully every organization out there that's dealing with community cats or cats in general are developing partnership with those nonprofit service organizations in their community and public organizations too that are out there helping folks make it week to week. Hey everybody, Stacy here with the Community Cats Podcast. And I just wanted to let everybody know that early bird ticketing is open for our 2020 online cat conference, which will be on January 24th through the 26th. So we will get together on the evening of the 24th with Chelsea White, who has a YouTube show that's perfectly awesome. And then we will be getting together on the 25th and the 26th for two full days of jam-packed information all about community cats and community cat programs. So this is a virtual convention for anyone who'd like to help community cats. So this is the time to get signed up and join our online cat conference for the early bird ticket price of $50. So please go to onlinecatconference.com to sign up today. Also, if you'd like to become an affiliate as a fundraiser for your organization, the information is right there on the website, as well as sponsorship opportunities. So I hope Hope you'll check it out. Go to www.onlinecatconference.com and we look forward to seeing you then. Hey everyone, Hooch and I are here today to talk about Dr. Elsie's cat litter. Dr. Elsie's cat litter is known to be the best litter on the market and Hooch agrees. Many of you know that Hooch was a foster cat of mine that I adopted while at the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. We did use the Touch of Outdoors litter as we transitioned him from being an indoor-outdoor kitty to an indoor-only kitty. I'm thrilled that Hooch found his home with me, but there were many times when folks would call me saying their kitty didn't use the litter box. I was also thrilled that Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract litter came out as it gave me a resource to share with others that was affordable and in most cases successful in keeping this kitty in their home. As a special benefit to Community Cats podcast listeners, Dr. Elsie's is offering a rebate up to $20 off your first bag of any Dr. Elsie's litter. Just visit drelsies.com forward slash Community Cats podcast to print your rebate or fill out the online form. Try Dr. Elsie's today and you won't regret it. There was a program that was mentioned earlier that I'd love to hear you expand on in greater detail, and it was called Building Shelters for Community Cats, the workshop that you created. Would you like to share a little bit with our listeners about that program and and what that's all about? Sure. The ASTCA in New York City has a partnership with the NYPD. And what that means is that we leverage the expertise of both organizations to help animals that are at risk of harm. The NYPD in every precinct across New York City has an Explorers program where neighborhood coordinating officers, they serve as guidance counselors or more like mentors for youth living in those communities that they patrol. We have taken the opportunity to connect directly with the youth and with the officer. We provide the free building shelters for community cats workshop. It involves taking coolers, which are these insulated large plastic coolers that can fit anywhere between six to eight community cats, and we convert them to insulated shelters for community cats that are living outside. We insulate them with straw, we label them, and we've strategically placed them at colony sites that are monitored. Do some of these kids at some point in time, like, are they aware of community cats when you meet them, or is that a new concept for them? 
It varies. There have been participants that know what it is and know why it's the most effective method. And there also have been attendees that don't understand the concept of spaying and neutering. And so this is information that they are hearing for the first time. And it serves as a channel for education, for animal welfare education. Do you ever get pushback from people saying, oh, my cats don't need to be spayed or neutered? All the time (laughs) from clients (laughs) um, and also from community residents that I've met and come across while trapping. How do you convince them otherwise? In my personal experience, it can sometimes feel like an uphill battle. Many times I have met community residents that don't understand it, but with a simple conversation about what TNR is and why we do it, they can be quick to support us. You're fluent in Spanish, so I would assume you use Spanish a fair amount while you're in the field. I feel like as an industry, we're probably hurting ourselves because we don't have very many fluent Spanish speakers speaking the language of the community. Do you have any thoughts on like how we could rectify that or whether you think we are hurting ourselves by not having enough Spanish-speaking folks in the business? A thousand percent. I mentioned before that there are already community members that feed or take care of community cats, they either don't have the wherewithal or the resources or the information to TNR. And so a lot of the folks that I've met that are in this situation have been Spanish-speaking clients. And the language is a huge barrier, especially in the TNR world, because in New York City, there isn't, as you mentioned, a workshop that is in Spanish. There was an attendee who spoke Spanish, and she needed someone to translate during the workshop. Luckily, my coworker was there and she was able to translate throughout. But my goal for 2020 is to translate the entire three-hour workshop to Spanish so that we can help fluent Spanish speakers get involved with TNRM. So one thing actually, um, and I'm not sure if you're aware of it, I developed what's called a community cat pyramid. So it talks about the importance of spaying and neutering and how owns a neuter sort of at the bottom of the pyramid is really important. And then it works into TNR and goes up and then your cat sanctuary is at the top with like two cats out of thousands. There was a group that following the Community Cats podcast that took that pyramid and they translated it all into a really nice graphic in Spanish. And so it's a nice tool. So I'll make sure we get that posted in the show notes and I'll get that sent over to you also so if there are any folks that want something in Spanish it's a higher level thinking thing more for somebody in the rescue world but still it can try to explain the big picture why spay neuter is so important. Going back to the ASPCA and the community engagement team is this a big group of folks or is it you and a few other people? It's a small team. (laughs) It's about 12 (laughs) people. Um, There are about 12 of us. And the fun thing about working on this team is that everybody on the team does a little bit of everything. And we're always all hands-on with doing casework. We can't do this work alone. And this is why partnering with social service agencies in New York City and community organizations and community programs and the NYPD has been critical for us to spread the awareness about our program and connect directly with community residents that are in need of services for their pets. That's great. So Issa, if folks are interested in finding out more about the work at the ASPCA or some of the work that you're doing, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? 
Well, if they're interested in becoming involved with TNRM, they can register for an upcoming workshop at www.aspcapro.org forward slash TNRM. If they have any questions or need some support or need some convincing or just are curious about how they can help community cats but aren't able to physically trap them, they can send me an email. I manage the TNR info at ASPCA.org inbox and it's designated specifically for communications with caretakers takers or folks, community members that are interested in learning more or have questions about community cats in their area. Anissa, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Sure. It's something that I've recently tried to stress in workshops, and it's primarily because of an experience that I had with a community member around the colony where I feed, is I've learned firsthand how valuable and how important it is to develop positive relationships with people from your community when you're TNRing and before you're TNR. And it's because in all reality, you need the buy-in from your community and the support many times. In order to trap many times you need to gain access to parking lots and where these cats are living, backyards, front yards, garages, alleyways, where businesses are. It's just a really important component. And it's also the best way to get support and spread education about animal welfare. That's great. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And Issa, I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats.